So good to be with you again. Susan and I and David and Joy and Amaya and Kavika are so glad to have this chance to come back. David will be giving the benediction and uh, he was the first time back since he was ordained here. What, how long ago, David? Uh, three years, four years since your ordination? You know, you get nowhere by telling stories on your children, but um, I'm standing here and doing something, and it was, it was time for prayer, and all of a sudden, standing right here, about this high, was a little guy. And I looked, and I said, David, I said, we're going to pray now. Turned the microphone over, and that was his first prayer from, uh, from here, so... Um, Yeah. Um, I heard a radio program one time that was a kind of a, a, a drama of um, interpersonal dynamics between people and kind of doubts and a little bit of uncertainty came in on the, between the characters. And then as the show ended, the narrator voiceover came and said, um, doubt is like a small cloud that first appears on the distant horizon unless it is blown away by a fresh breeze of faith, it will grow and grow until it covers the entire sky. So as we look at Psalm 100 this morning, I would like to take that psalm as this fresh breeze of faith that blows away the doubts that we all have. So this sermon is about faith, a fresh breeze of faith and doubts, and how that breeze can keep those doubts where they belong out of the sky. We had a fresh breeze of faith this morning. Uh, Charlotte, bringing your family here today just brought that breeze that we could almost feel into the sanctuary. Thank you for bringing us that breeze. When Pamela greets you, there's that, I get that fresh breeze of faith. Of course, coming in here, these trees, somehow God, who is creator, uh, has all power, is coming into my life. I'm not coming into God's presence because God is everywhere, but this reminds me of God's presence. And as I sometimes say at weddings here, as you see the hologram of the cross out there, you see everything out that window that the Bible tells us about God. Everything the Bible tells us about God can be put into two file folders. God is creator and the cross. God is redeemer. Those fresh breezes of faith that change our lives. So we look at Psalm 100 that can always be with us as one of those fresh breezes. Now Psalm 100 has four verses and the first two are invitations. That is one and three are invitations followed by two and four reasons for the invitation. So what's the invitation? The first one, make a joyful noise to the Lord all the lands. It's not a command, it's an invitation. Just do it, have fun, enjoy it. Worship the Lord or serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. That's what we're to do. There's an echo to that, and the echo is why. Know that the Lord is God. It is he that made us. We are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. That breeze of faith always reminds us of who we are and whose we are. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Then comes the second, the repetition of what to do and why to do it. What to do? Enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. Reason, for the Lord is good. 
His mercy is everlasting, and His faithfulness endures to all generations. Faithfulness, these trees speak of that. The biggest gift that God gives us in Jesus is that Jesus, okay, is it, okay, good. The biggest gift that God gives us in Jesus is Jesus' faithfulness. He was a faithful high priest. He is in heaven today for us, interceding for us. He is faithful. That uh, any doubts that we have, we take to Jesus and see them disappear. Um, sweet. Um, in the invitation to serve the Lord with gladness, to make a joyful noise, to come into his presence with singing. We, uh, we, get the, um, we get the indication of what, uh, what praise, the difference that praise makes in our lives. Praise in itself becomes that breeze that we have. Um, the Old Testament scholar, um, Walter Brueggemann, um, says of this psalm, he said, it is the, um, one of the most beloved of the whole repertoire of the Psalms, Psalm 100. And it, it breathes a faith of simple trust, of glad surrender, of faithful responsiveness. This Psalm breathes a faith of simple trust, glad surrender, and faithful responsiveness. Then he makes uh, an interesting assertion. He said, this song is not sung by newcomers. It's kind of a, a, a new thought to think of this as not just words on a page, but as, as a, a song that we sing. We sing, this, we sing these words, and we're going to end the sermon by singing them out of our hymnal. Uh, this song is not sung by newcomers, but those uh, who are seasoned and at home in this faith and piety. A psalm of simple trust. Simple trust doesn't come quickly. It's a result of a long process. Uh, I remember the, do you remember the old Apple ad? Uh, simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. Remember that? Simplicity, simple trust. Your, your simple trust in Jesus is a statement of a complex journey of faith that comes out and works out into simplicity. Uh, Johnny Ives, what, what did he say? I wrote it down here somewhere. I don't now remember where I wrote it. Uh, Johnny Ives says that uh, true simplicity is, um, uh, which I'll, I'll, I'll think of, is a, is a result of, of um, deep thinking. I shouldn't, have, I shouldn't have started out without having to finish it. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, sim simplicity comes as a result of working through this, this journey of faith. He said, so it is not sung by the, those who are only now embracing the faith, but by those who are seasoned and at home in this faith and priority, nor is it sung by the alienated who have any cause against God or neighbor. This doxology is an action which reorients life when the community praises it submits and reorders life. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the lands. Something changes within us 
reorients us when we put out there as praise. Um, do you remember the old owner of the uh, Oakland Athletics, Charlie Finley, way back when? And uh, I read an article on Charlie Finley, and it said, um, he was quite a character, and this is, the, the author is kind of appropriate, when he said, um, Charlie Finley's a self-made man, and like most self-made men, he worships his creator. And that's what Brueggemann is saying, when we're self-focused, he said, a life without praise is more apt to be turned in on itself. If we don't accept this invitation to praise, we are missing that breeze of faith. It is a life of autonomy and self-invention, which imagines that one is self-made. I like to say that a Christian is someone who doesn't go it alone. A Christian is one who needs other people. When we prepare couples for weddings, I will often say, you need your family and others to help you fulfill the vows that you're gonna make. That's why you made your vows to help Charlotte. It's more than one person can do ourselves themselves. I need your help to be a good husband and father. It's beyond just my ability. And I think that's one, a Christian is, is outward focused. Putting out here and whatever breeze we get from this scene tells, it just imbues in us that we are outward focused. We're beyond ourselves. We're reaching out. And that's why we, as Christians, reach out to those in need. Because we, we are looking out as opposed to looking at ourselves. It is a, a life without praise is more likely to be a life turned in on the self. It is a life of autonomy and self-invention rather than the call of God. This baptism is a call saying that God calls us. You didn't choose in one way. You didn't choose God. You know, God chose you. God called you. Creation is a call. And we are responding to God's call. It is a life without praise is a life of autonomy and self-invention, which imagines that one is self-made, need answer to no other, and can rely on no other. Such a notion is self, of self-groundedness is a pervasive temptation among us, which may lead to cynicism and anxiety or to pride and domination. But this psalm is an acknowledgement that life is a gift. Life is always and regularly to be referred back to the gift such ultimate submission of sheep and shepherd leaves one free and unencumbered by the burden of self-invention. So I think all of our doubts can be summarized when we think it's all on us. All of our doubts are blown away when we realize it's all on Jesus. Doubt came as early as the Garden of Eden. And the breeze of faith, faith to me is that intersection that was in the Garden of Eden, does God have my best interest at heart or not? If I follow Jesus, will I lose? Well, as Bill Bright would say, God will take away all our toys and make us eat spinach three times a day and make us the most miserable kid on the block if we give ourselves to God. When Charlotte gave Amelia, she said, Lord, this is your baby. And it's kind of easy to give a baby to God. But if we can trust God with our baby, can we trust God with us, with ourselves? It's easier to say, God, oh yes, take care of Amelia. It's much harder to say, God, I know you'll take care of me. That seasoned faith that Brueggemann talks about, that when we've gone deep and been through the battles, 
and come out knowing that God is there and Jesus is faithful, that's when we can sing this song, make a joyful noise to the Lord. After we've been through the battles, after the doubt has been dealt with and blown away. So doubt is not a total enemy. Doubt is a, can strengthen our faith. So we look at doubt and we follow Jesus in through that until it's gone. So we come, faith is just saying, God, I trust that you have my best interests at heart. The Ten Commandments are all about faith and doubt. If, do I need, is God enough? You shall have no other gods before me, the Ten Commandments start out. Is that enough? I don't need anything else. Can, can I trust that? So trust is that interaction process in which I finally say, yes, I can. Uh, but it doesn't come necessarily easy, easily. Uh, you shall not lie. If I can't trust God, then I've got to lie. You don't covet. Whatever God has for me isn't enough. Trust is saying my faith is that Jesus is trustworthy and Jesus will be there. Anne Lamont tells the story of how she came to faith. She said it wasn't a leap of faith, as maybe some of us have experienced, maybe not, different ways to come to Jesus, but she said it was more lurching from lily pad to lily pad to lily pad, and she said, finally, I just got tired of it, and I said, okay, enough, I'm jumping in. However faith comes, it comes knowing that, okay, now I can trust God. It takes it off of myself and takes me to God. So, as we close our sermon and our time together by preparing to sing that psalm, we say, okay, this psalm is my saying, through it all, I found that Jesus is there. The doubt then goes away when I know that Jesus is there. And my faith, our faith, is that God has our best interests at heart, that God is not out to frustrate us, but to fulfill us. So we sing that. There are four verses, and we'll stay seated because this is not really a hymn hymn. This is the, the sermon. We've, we've, heard, we've talked about the psalm, and now we're going to internalize this by singing it. The four verses, first verse, just let that breeze come through. What to do? All people that on earth do well uh, come before his presence with joyful song. The invitation, then verse 2, the rationale. Verse 3, another invitation. Verse four, another rationale. My dad in commenting on this psalm said, when I was a little kid, he said, John, have you ever thought about what it would be like if God were not good? It ends, the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, his faithfulness endures to all generations. And the psalm where we're gonna sing it in that for the Genevan Psalter written back in the early uh, 1600s, um, 1500s, they, um, that, 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 that interesting way they phrase it, the verse four, for why? Why did he do this? For why the Lord is good. His mercy is forever sure. So as we, as, uh, we internalize that confidence, um, then God will lead us uh, through the doubts to be replaced by his presence in us. Uh, let us then join in singing as a reflection on that breeze of faith, all people that on earth do well.